Welcome to the NLPcourses.com show, where we push past the hype and pull back the velvet curtains of creating a successful life with NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. Diving into physiology, neuroscience and linguistic programming so that NLP becomes a practical tool at home and in your career. Moving beyond the techniques so that you can make a name, make money or make a real difference to people's lives. Tune in weekly if you care more than others. Think wisely as we set out on our quest to uncover the secrets of successful people from all walks of life. Make sure you head over to nlpcourses.com to subscribe and receive our free newsletter and other goodies. Here is your host, NLP Master Trainer, John Cassidy Rice. Hello, my name is John Cassidy Rice. I have the pleasure to have Glenn Savage on the line with us today. He's going to share his experience of how he's been using the NLP in various different arenas, including building confidence and skill sets. Hiya, Glenn. Good morning, John. Thanks for joining us. Our pleasure. Excellent. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how, how you got involved in NLP itself. Well, uh, I, I originally got involved in NLP um, after my, my partner did an NLP practitioner course and used to come home all excited about all this stuff. And I used to wonder whether they were giving her yippee beans on the course. <laughs> and um, But I noticed what it did for her and, and how it improved her confidence and contributed to her coaching business. Yes. And eventually I decided I would go and uh, do a practitioner program myself. Excellent. And so just you know, find out where was all this enthusiasm coming from. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I went for the yippee beans. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> but, but apparently... Um, that's just a natural phenomenon that comes out of NLP uh, because of the way that it, it boosts your confidence and, and broadens your perception and, and gives you what I would call profound new insights into your own and other people's behaviours. Excellent, excellent. And I'm sure a lot of people listening, sort of, um, confidence is one of those issues that sometimes you'll be a bit confident in one area of your life but lack it in others and you want to develop that. So how did it develop your confidence and in what areas? So I, one, one area that I would say it definitely improved was uh, confidence in public speaking. Right. And, and that could be anything from just contributing in a meeting or even on small groups or more particularly doing a presentation or speaking to a group of people. Now, when I was much younger, I was quite shy and introverted, but I wanted to, to train people and to develop people, which necessitated this stumbling block of overcoming the speaking thing. And uh, I, was, I was actually born with a, a hereditary hand tremor right so I, I developed a curious belief that because my hands shake I couldn't speak to groups of people right because they would look at my hands and um, the doctors gave me these beta blocker tablets to sort of settle the shake and calm me down which then led to a second belief of 
I can't speak unless I take a beta blocker. Wow. And one of the big things that NLP did for me was make me understand that actually that was just a belief and I could speak without taking a beta blocker and I could speak regardless of the handshake. And since that stunning moment uh, during an NLP exercise, I can say I haven't taken a beta blocker in 15 years and I feel comfortably confident uh, speaking to groups of people. Wow. And I guess some people are going to be asking, what was the exercise you were doing? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't remember which specific exercise, but it certainly explored uh, belief systems. Yes. And more particularly, I remember being asked the question, uh, when when somebody says, I can't do this, as an example, I can't speak to a group of people without taking a beta blocker, uh, questions like, and how useful is that belief? And if the answer is not particularly useful, and then I was offered a choice and said, well, would you like to have a different and perhaps more useful belief? And I thought, yes. So we explored that, um, and my coach helped me to create a more useful positive belief excellent and i think that's one of the powers of nlp it's not necessarily a technique that changes it's the whole approach the way of thinking absolutely absolutely and i think that is another beauty of nlp it helps you learn more about yourself how you think how you operate how you behave and how you react to others as well as learning to appreciate how differently other people think, operate, and behave. And that allows you to flex, to appreciate, and develop a a better rapport with people that you maybe couldn't have done before. Yes, no, fabulous. I know you've gone on and developed a – well, you do help people public speak. I do, I do, I – I got so into the public speaking that I started my own business, Purple Speaking Academy. And people say, why purple? Yes. Said, well, pur- purple is the color of power in ancient times. It's the color of passion and it's the color of magic. And that's, that's what I try to bring in my speaking training. I help to try to make people feel more empowered and uh, more, more passionate about the message they're trying to share and, and to bring a bit of magic to the audience they speak to. Excellent. So if, if so let's say somebody listening to this is want to tap into some of that magic and has got a meeting coming up that's very maybe important to them and they're very nervous about it, what would be some of the steps they could do to prepare themselves? Well, when, when I, if I help somebody to prepare for a meeting where, where they're quite anxious, yes, I... I we just ask them a series of questions to say, just to, to put it into perspective, say, well, naturally, who's going to be there? And what's, what's the meeting all about? And what message do you want to contribute to the meeting? So one of the things that I do for people is when people are feeling anxious or uptight or nervous, 
they tend to have a very me focus, a very I focus. But actually, if it's the message and the outcome that's important, I get them to turn their focus onto the others or what I call a you focus and think about them and the message, not thinking about themselves. And that can make a huge difference. Yeah, so if I've understood that, the initial questions are all about um, preparing the inner mind to make, you didn't use the word visualize, but to see it in the mind and experience it. And then the next stage is to go, well, the purpose you're there is to serve other people. So you're taking the focus off self and onto other people. Would that be correct? Yes. Yes. And we we use good old state management uh, techniques as well. You think, well, it would be a shame for the purpose of the people in the meeting and the potential results that may come from it if you hold yourself back. Yes. And and to get them into um, a place where they're able to act in a reasonable enough way to ensure those messages come out. And come out clearly. Yes. So any tips around sort of making sure your message is clear? I, I tend to ask people when, when they're crafting the message, um, because we're all capable of constructing beautiful confusion. I like, I, I, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to talk for a period of time and somewhere hidden in there is the message and your challenge is to try and find it. We're all quite good at that. Um, but I, I just say to them, when you're thinking about the message and what you say, just ask yourself, what do I want this group or audience to think, do or feel as a result? And that helps them to hone and refine the message and once they have clarity around that, I said, right, so that is what you need to ensure comes out clearly and emphatically. Fabulous. It sounds like a process that writers often go through. They say, uh, write, get it all out, write it, get, the, get all the rubbish out, and then go through, edit it, so you have a clear message. Yes. Um, and that would be the same process that you're talking about there. Yes, yeah. Oh, and sometimes I say to them, you know, what is the one thing that they absolutely must take away from your contribution? Because sometimes people say, oh, I have lots of things to share. I say, well, sometimes less is more. Yes. And I also ask, well, how long do you have to speak? Well, I'll have about five minutes. Okay, you've got five minutes and you've listed here 20 key points you want to share. So unless you speak like a machine gun, and you're not going to get that all out. And yeah. if you do, no one will remember any of it. And I always use the analogy, you go to a comedy club, you hear some great comedy, you laugh for two hours, you hear a lot of different jokes, and the next morning you can't remember one because it's just brain overload. Whereas you cut it down and come up with one, two or three key things, then that's digestible. Yes. 
So one of the key things I've heard you use throughout this is that you're using metaphors and you're very elegant at coming up with those. So. Yes. I, well, I find people tend to speak in metaphors and that is something that I picked up through NLP training. Just in everyday conversation, when you hear people say, oh, it's like a weight upon my shoulders or, oh, it just makes my gut squirm. This is what it's like for that individual. And you can use that language and ask questions like, what would it be like if that weight was lifted off your shoulders? And they will say, oh, that will be brilliant. And then you can explore what needs to happen for that weight to become lighter. Excellent. And would you suggest people maybe... Oh, sorry, Glenn. <laughs> and then they start to come out with their own insights. Yes, yes. So if you're doing a, doing a talk and um, it's recommended that you normally include some sort of story, how would you know it's appropriate? How do you know it's on target? The, the message that you're delivering. Well, yes. one, of the, one of the things I learned through NLP was this wonderful skill called calibration. And it's not only focusing on what you're doing and saying, but just noticing what's happening for the audience. So if you notice that your audience are all on their phones texting or doing (laughs) emails, um, perhaps you've not quite got that connection happening. No. And then uh, the whole flexibility concept would suggest try something different even if that might be, ask the audience a question like, what would you like to, this, I get a sense that maybe this is not of real value to you. What would you really like to know more about and and get them talking and, and get that connection or rapport back? Yeah, so that comes back to your previous statement as well, as focusing on the people you're there to serve. Um, yes. And calibration means observe what's happening within that interaction. Yes. Excellent. Of, of course, there's something about not misinterpreting signals as well. Yeah. So, so one of the things I always say to people is this, this beautiful thing about mind reading or mind guessing. So in a, in a physiology sense – a person who's sitting in the audience or the meeting who might be thinking deeply about something you've said could also be interpreted in your mind as, oh, they look bored, and and that can derail you a bit. Yeah. So for me, it's it's dealing with the evidence that's obvious and not over-interpreting or misinterpreting things that aren't obvious. So if somebody's still and staring upwards, they could very well be contemplating what you said and thinking, how can we use that rather than, oh, they look bored. (laughs) I I had to learn that when I played in bands because sometimes you'd be playing and you think there's somebody sitting there that just disengaged. And they're often the ones that come up after and say, oh, that was great. (laughs) You could have shown it. Well, and and I have the exact same experience uh, from when I played in a band and uh, saying to somebody, well, you didn't really seem to be quite into that. And their response was, 
Oh, yes, I was. I was tapping my foot under the table. (laughs) (laughs) But I just couldn't see that piece of evidence. Excellent. And have you found that some of your experiences playing in the band has contributed to the public speaking? Um, I I suppose that the similarity between playing in the band and public speaking is about connecting with an audience. Yes, whether it be a small audience or, or a large audience, but it's it's all about connection and uh, and just trying to establish an, an atmosphere. Excellent. Um, well, we've managed to cover a lot in a short period of time. Yes. <laughs> so, what would you say, uh, somebody who's keen to get into public speaking? What's the top three tips? Would you think would be good to get going? And. <laughs> Put you on well, the spot here, Glenn. I know. <laughs> I, 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 I suppose for, for for me, one thing I would say is, if you really want to get into public speaking, and um, get some professional training and coaching, yes, and because you'll pick up lots of of tips and ideas and things that will work for you, which will will accelerate your development. Uh, in that arena. But I, I suppose a couple of simple things would be the suggestion about think about the audience and the message, not yourself. Mm-hmm. And another thing would be pay attention to your breathing and make sure you breathe deeply for a couple of reasons. One, it's very relaxing, yes. deep breathing, but also you've got a greater column of air on which your voice and words can float out on. Definitely. Oh, great tips. So if there was somebody who would like to sort of start to create a career in public speaking or even has to do some with maybe at work, if it's standing out in front of a group and just presenting to the team and would like to improve that, how could they contact you? Uh, well, they could uh, contact me through the website, which is www purplespeakingacademy.co.uk or they could email me glenn at purplespeaking.com or they can even even get my phone number off the website and give me a call if they'd like to chat excellent i don't know would that be okay if they've got some just some general questions maybe not looking for any coaching but maybe you've got a question about some of the things we covered here would that be okay as also yeah absolutely fine i i randomly from time um get questions from all over the world uh, from people uh, via LinkedIn sometimes. And it's uh, occasionally I I get interviewed. I I was interviewed by the BBC um, about public speaking and nerves. And this, this went out on some BBC forum to about 64 different countries around the planet. And I thought, I wonder if anybody reads this. And I learned they do because I got emails from seven different countries. Excellent. And people asking for some tips, which I happily gave them. And Because I, I think for people like you and I, it's, it's about making a difference and helping people get on, isn't it? It is, yes. So our listeners from Brazil will be able to contact you and uh, Italy. So wonderful news. And do yes. take Glenn up on that offer because uh, he's very generous of his time and energy. 
And if you need any sort of professional help improving your career in public speaking or just work, do contact Glenn. Fabulous. Thanks, Glenn. Thanks, Sean. So in a series of where we're taking the NLP community and sharing our knowledge and helping each other, I've been really enjoying it. We've met some amazing people. Uh, and what that's really understanding deeply is that there's so many people who want to make a difference and that we help each other. So until next week, have a fabulous week and talk soon. Thanks, Glenn. Bye. Bye now. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the NLPcourses.com podcast show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes and make sure to head over to nlpcourses.com to subscribe to our newsletter. This will ensure you're kept fully up to date on the latest in-depth NLP topics of interest. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes on neuro-linguistic programming and beyond.